Bracked up, Earthlets! My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox. This is the 156th episode of Space Spinner 2000. Podcast where two Americans try to make sense of UK's own Galaxy's Greatest Comic 2000 AD. One month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for November 1986, progs 495 to 498. This time, Slane sees the stars, Rogue Trooper gets a job offer, Dread meets a, a god named Jose, or possibly Steve, Swifty heads home, <laughs> Johnny Alpha heads to a war zone, and Ace Trucking is 1010 never again. Oh my, wait, like for real though? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it here, buddy. Um, I mean, it's kind of a sad send-off if that's the case. Yeah, it's true. If you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files 10, Strong Team Dog, SDHD Files 3, The Complete Ace Trucking Volume 2, Slain the King, Rogue Trooper, Tales of New Earth 3, and the Sooner or Later Collection. God, Jesus, there's just so many things that you would have to do to read with us. Yeah, I mean, you know, someday um, maybe Rebellion will do the old ones or, you know, whatever. Like, most of these... Um, like the the version I'm listing are these big phone book sized one, you know, ones, you know. Ah. So like, so like that dread case files. We're getting to the end of it, but that thing's lasted you since like you know early '86. So oh, that's that's you know, pretty some, good. Some momentum going there, you know. <laughs> it's fair. I mean, like you're you're getting your mileage out of your giant phone book sized comic yeah. encyclopedia. Always, you know, doing your best. Um, and speaking of um, people doing their best in new situations, <laughs> okay. I don't know. Speaking of warriors from beyond the stars, it's the oh, one rogue trooper. Uh, he's back. Remember? Do do you remember where we last left our hero? Because I oh, yeah. fucking didn't. And then I very quickly figured it out. And then it's just like a hand waving, like whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. God, so much plot gets in the way of this plot. Really doing a lot with Rogue Trooper here. Uh, yes, yeah, so the script robot Simon Geller and Steve McManus, art robot Steve Dillon, uh, letter robot Gordon Robson. Yes, yeah, so we last so, saw. Yeah, we, we so, last saw Rogue Trooper Fox in Prague 449 with the final worker Jerry Finley Day in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're back. We got some new writers and a new storyline for the old genetic infantrymen. You know, for the record, just if you're joining us in, in the middle of it, his name is Rogue. His skin is blue. He's accompanied by his three buddies, Helm, Gunner, and Bagman, who are wisecracking computer chips that inhabit his war gear, uh, you know, helmet, gun, and bag, respectively. Um, but they aren't the only guys, the only dead guys that Rogue is talking to right now. <laughs> As we Tarantino are opening. Always. Yeah, he seems to, uh, yeah, he's in, in the middle of things. He's just talking to a, a, a troop of corpses and he's yelling orders at him and stuff. Yeah, cut also, back. Oh, sorry, also, I, I contest that, that the chips are his friends, man. More often than not, they just question the fuck out of him and also yeah. blame him. Like they are never like, nice. You know, they are like they've uh, they, they've been through a lot, and they got a lot of personality with each other, or something. It's like I how guess. how you and me bicker all the time, or something. Wait, no, when actually we we hang out because we're bros. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. If I got put into a dope ass like uh, a chip that you had to, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I guess implanted into a an actual literal fox that followed you around Ooh. and bitched, bitched at you a whole bunch. I'd just be asking you for like, hey, can you give me a slice of that pizza? Or 
Uh, do you mind if I watch Netflix for a little while while I lay on your couch? God, Rogue Conrad sounds like a pretty awesome uh, comic, I gotta say. Right? <laughs> anyway, Fox, five days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Some dudes just warp out of nowhere and start yeah. icing people, man. Yeah. It was Ro- kind of cool. Rogue's leading a team of, like, North and Souther forces. They're trying to take down the Beamers, these teleporting alien weirdos that have been assassinating leaders on both sides after a peace summit. The Beamers are doing hit-and-run attacks. It's a losing battle. We, we see the Beamers can be killed, but then they also quickly recover their dead right away. Because I guess, like, you want to beam out with them so that people don't beam back with you. They They seem to have their bases covered. Also, it seems like they don't get to choose where to beam in that case. Like, it seems like the beaming just, you get beamed because of the suit. Seems, yeah, it, it seems to happen remotely. I mean, my thinking is that they sort of beam out since you can't, like, study their biology and, like, learn how to kill them or, or their technology and stuff like that. You know? Well, that doesn't really work out for them. I mean, you know, Rogue sort of thought thought through this, I guess. Um, anyway, Rogue calls for a parting of the ways between him and the officers and has them leave him and the chips behind. He then gathers some corpses because he's got a plan. Uh, he'll get <laughs> and in apparently one of- <laughs> access to corpse. <laughs> I feel like on 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 New Earth, like you've always got corpses available. You know, it's like uh, it's like dirt in Minecraft. Like you can just sort of punch oh the ground God. for a second and kind of get all the corpses you want. You know. Oh, that's fantastic. I've been playing a lot of Minecraft lately. Nice. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so he's got a plan. He'll get in one of those Beamer suits and get teleported back to their headquarters to, you know, settle their hash. And here come the Beamers. Which I guess are definitely fooled by dead people. Yeah, well, I mean, they just sort of are looking for Rogue, and Rogue seems to be uh, instructing these guys. And they're sort of dead inside their, like, New Earth suits. So they basically look like alive guys that are just sort of being still or something. <laughs> this is, this is oh. how... This is how the zombies take over. Yeah. Rogue and the chips are lying in wait when the beamers attack. Rogue blitzes over to them, gets one in, like, a full Nelson, strips him out of his suit. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, got to get him out of there, man. Skins him out. Yeah. And inside, it's a genie. One of the scientists that helps that helped create Rogue and one of the only people that could make new bodies for the chips. The That's pretty chips, weird. Yeah, the chips are not pleased about this. Um, Rogue gets into the suit as Gunner yells at him for being a murderer. Rogue then arrives in a black room, still stumbling from the pain of teleporting. As the chips sort of bicker between each other, they recognize a basic flaw in their plan. Namely, now they're trapped in the Beamer's whole home turf, and the Beamers don't seem very pleased about it. Uh, Also, like, when you teleport into a strange base, like, maybe, like, don't pop your mouth off. Don't just have have a big four-sided fight right in the middle of the base. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Anyhow, the Beamers attack. Rogue's on the run, desperately escaping their forces, as well as, like, these automated laser beams. He's got to dodge around, like, a, what, a collateral style. No, what was that movie? Whatever. Uh, Disclosure. Resident style. Evil. Yeah, that's fine. Resident <laughs> Evil good. I think of the Catherine Zeta-Jones one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, Rogue uh, gets... the cat burglar, right? Like, she was cat burglar yeah. with, what's his name? Right, Sean Connery, anyway. I think? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so uh, Rogue gets hit by one of the beams and complains about it. But, you know, oh, oh, sorry, no, Helm gets hit by a beam and he complains about getting hit. But like his own, his whole job is to get hit by things. <laughs> right. Like that, that is what he does, you know. Um, Once again. After, 
after some cool laser dodging from the um of the beams the the beamers themselves corner rogue and he judo throws them into the beams throw beams and beams once again killing these guys might not be the best idea right hey, if like, you kill them if you kill them all it stops the threat uh whatever but then it also like if one of them is the other genie mm, fair point like he's I just, I, he didn't think this through. The, you know, Rogue is, is is less of a thinker and more of a doer um, in terms of killing these beamers, I guess. Um, especially because now he realizes that these beamers aren't actually trying to kill him. They're just testing him. But <laughs> Good thing who, we killed that guy then. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's part of the test. Who's testing them? A giant space-based Venus Blue Jeans. That's who. She's it's looking... awesome. Yeah, she's looking for the ultimate warrior to serve her organization and end all war. She wants Rogue. I like how quickly that goes from, oh, awesome, Venus Blue Jeans is back to, oh, it's a figment of your imagination, basically. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, Entrapment. That was the movie I was thinking of. Anyway, um, <laughs> just because I, 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 I know there's people who I know who are halfway halfway to writing an email right now, and I've just, uh, I've just lifted a weight off their shoulders. Oh, um, thank God. Yeah. One less email. Yeah, so a ghostly Venus is your fire and is a vision sent to the Beamers to Rogue of Pure Desire with a mission to end all war. <laughs> That's her desire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Venus. Uh, so we get a brief rundown of the history of new of the New Earth conflict and how it threatens to destroy the galaxy. Of course, you know, these Beamers did just kill, like, everybody involved in recent peace talks, which would seem to, you know... At, like like disagree with their uh, with, with their claimed love of peace, but I guess the ends justify the means. Like that's not something a bad guy's ever said. Um, <laughs> anyhow, Venus and her alien masters have a job offer for Rogue to be their angel of death. And man, they really want him to look like a a spoopy gross guy. Yeah, it turns into a spoopy rogue, scary rogue, Ooh. spooky scary genetic infantryman. <laughs> Any next time on Rogue Trooper, the mission. All right. I mean, it took a little while to get to like your psychedelic experience but you know yep. yeah it's we're gonna it's starting out with a i mean a little less of the you know boring shit that i hated and more of the like kind of intrigue is this going somewhere tell me this is going somewhere i mean isn't like a like a commander keen or whatever his name was no i mean yeah it, it is one of, like rogue sort of the i mean this story is going to end next um episode and then oh rogue's, rogue's not going to pick back up until 520 i think but oh my god in 520 he does start like a mission of like sort of teleporting places and having to kill like some hot you know some like general or something like that and i guess if he kills enough of them it will bring <laughs> peace to the galaxy like i'm really? gonna I'm going to talk about how I'm why I'm skeptical about this plan next episode when I sort of lay it out, Fox. But <laughs> but your your reaction is similar to my own. Absolutely. Oh my, that's uh, that's fantastic. It's good. God, he is just he just does this so often. It happens anyway, a lot. I yeah. like things on a list, you know. <laughs> well, you know. I always yeah. go back to the well. Mean Team did its best because it had a list, and when it stopped having a list, things got bad. 
That was mean arena, buddy. Oh, wait. Yeah, not mean to you. God damn it. Too many means. Too many means. And speaking of a quest with multiple parts that, you know, we sort of are, are working our way through. It's mm. Thrill to Slay. Oh, man. So beautiful. I, yeah. Is it just me? Or it's like, I mean, I know, like, because there's, you know, Snake can love Blossom on the battlefield sort of thing going on. But Nest is... Uh, this is getting pretty cute. I mean, I think ever since uh, t- I, f- I feel like Tomb of Terror was mm-hmm. really where, or actually, no, 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 like, like the start of that, like like Time Killers, Nest sort of started coming into her own. Uh, and she yeah. kind of transitioned from like hen pecking druid, like college student, to like a uh, sci fi space babe. You know, yeah. But it was really like once, um, you know, there's that one picture in Tomb of Terror by uh, by by Glenn Glenn Fabry where oh, she's I know doing. That one. She she's doing that move that's basically a ripoff of a Marilyn Monroe under this under uh, um over the steam grate you know but like yeah. there's an earthquake instead it's it's really there where it's like oh okay nest like yeah that's fine like you kind of <laughs> what you know when the nerd girl comes back from college from uh from a uh, summer break or something anyway from <laughs> from of, Druid College <laughs> bunch of jerks here just a bunch of listen, like, uh, ogling listen. our characters although it does like become a big deal here uh script yeah. robot for slain Pat Mill Art robot Mike Collins and Mark Farmer, letting robot Steve Potter. So Slain, Nest, and Uko, they're in the Sky Temple of Glastonbury, going through the titles, going through trials to win the spoils of Anoon. Um, everything is reflected in the sky above, so we can see that there's a bunch of these landscaped areas depicting various signs of the Celtic Zodiac. And we're now heading to Albion, which is taking the place of Gemini. And very quick to constantly note how totally these are different because of this reason. This is not the only one that's been replaced. Yeah, and 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 two have been gotten rid of completely. I I think cancer and one other one. I don't know the. Honestly, I don't know the uh, the zodiac. That I don't. I don't know any of them. If that helps, probably check that for next time. Yeah. Anyway, um, or I will. I'll I'll have this information. See, you learn things by listening to our podcast. I've learned some really weird stuff over the past couple (laughs) of years, I must say. Um, But so they go to Albion, and this labor is pretty easy because it's mostly just a gut check to see if they're going to continue doing the rest of the quest, and they decide to do so. They then head over to Leo, where Slane has to fight a laughing lion that drools black poison. It's it's weird. It's got a real spiky uh, mane also. Feels very uh, red from Final Fantasy VII. Mm, red thirteen. Uh, yeah. yeah, agreed. Its skin. Uh, yeah, so its uh, its skin is proof against Slain's weapons, and he's forced to warp out and take on the Beast Hercules style, which is sort of squeezing the life out of it, basically. And then this whole moment where it's like she's like, "Oh my god, I've never seen him like warp spasm this hard before," and Echo's like, "Yeah, it's totally gross," and you know, women come on to me after seeing how gross it is, and she's just like, "Oh my god, but look at the size of his muscles." <laughs> And, she's and Uko's getting like, turned on by the power of Danu. Uko straight up says, like, yeah, it's gross. Hey, let's, like, go over here and, like, do it, basically. Yeah, it, <laughs> he is definitely skeezy. Yeah. It's really and gross. Super scumbag Uko. I'm, I, yeah. I, I, I'm in favor of it. Um, so, <laughs> anyway... Um, in the end, uh, Nest counsels Slain to let the lion go to show the mercy of a true king. He kicks the, be- the beast in the bum and de-warps, and we're on to the next sign. Virgo. 
if you know what I mean. Why, well, it's her sign, and she's very quick to make sure that you know that. I mean, doing it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, like, like having a having a sex? Yeah, it, man, it. Um, so oh, Virgo- sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, whatever. Uh, Virgo is a massive cornfield, and as Ness explains her sign, Slain's, uh, Slain's, uh, she and Slain start getting uh, friendly. Oh, yeah. When oh, suddenly, a So tree- almost friendly. <laughs> Woo! A trio of scarecrows, or corn dollies, come to life. Corn dollies. That's what they call them. Inside, there's three women, a tattooed corn maiden, a buff corn wife with a cool headdress, and a gnarled mm. old corn crone. It's pretty uh, pretty great. It's the three versions of women that I guess exist, and there yeah. are no others. I mean, you know, it's like stances, I guess, but this is this shows up in a lot of like mythology, or I don't know, this shows up in mythology a lot, and in comic books about mythology, I feel like like uh, Sandman bumped into this thing a whole bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But so, uh, whatever. Slain did have an encounter with the Maiden in Dice Man 4. Uh, they totally did it then, and presumably they're off to Whoa. do it again. <laughs> What's it, Conrad? Can you tell me? Uh, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> God, we're fucking 13. <laughs> Always. Um, so uh, Ness is clearly disappointed that she doesn't get the honor. Slain the maiden. Of doing the, of, of rolling in the hay, as it the were. deed. Getting to know each other in the Celtic sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> so uh, Slain the maiden head over to the next sign, a circle uh, of standing stones representing the serpent, which is taking the place of Scorpio. After Ness, uh, and then while this Ness is hanging out with the wife and Uko's being uh, harassed by the crone in like a suggestive kind of way. Um, at the circle, a massive phantom party is taking place. And we learn that Slane's uh, final task or f- task here is to summon the dragon by doing it. <laughs> <laughs> turns out, turns out that is not very difficult for him to agree to. Woo! Like the dragon. Meanwhile, uh, the wife is yelling at Nest about men oh, is that and just a on the euphemism? run. What? Wake the dragon? Yeah. I mean, it was just it was to be angry in the in that first Game of Thrones book. Um, oh, I I mean, yeah, that. But I feel like in this context, you're rousing a snake. Woo! <laughs> Dude, this we're we're gonna get we're gonna get one of those sweet X ratings, <laughs> NC seventeen, if it, as as you are. Space Spinner 2000 podcast, explicit from day one. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome, listeners. I, I wear that badge with pride. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, a giant DBZ-style dragon appears in the sky because Slain has done it, literally. They, they'll they meet again when Slain becomes king, Her, him and the, and the maiden, because she kind of represents Danu directly, whereas these other uh, 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 ladies are sort of other forms of, uh, of different goddesses and stuff. Um, Dang, yo. Yeah. Oko clearly has PTSD from his experiences with the Chrome, which is kind of disturbing. <laughs> and Nest has a like like a blue lady balls. Good times. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! Blue ovaries? I don't even think that's what aches. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, whatever. To the extent that blue, I'm balls not going to dissect first place. this too hard. Let's move on because we're headed yeah. <laughs> to to the Archer. That's my sign. Oh yeah, the Sagittarius. Um, oh man. Hot, it's also, you know, there's nothing more attractive than a half man, uh, two thirds horse. 
Yeah, I, we've had this conversation. We have had centaur-related conversations. I love on this it. Podcast, yeah, so much, like. so much centaur talk. You yeah, know so, this. Uh, I just as a side thing, I yeah. guess I have to bring this up. I feel like I, I, I never get to do this. I, or maybe I did please. this last. Fuck. All right. Anyway, so one time while I was working at a at a previous job before we met, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that uh, we would do was like kind of like we pranked people, not prank, but whatever. We would make fun of in a nice way people around the sure. office. Right? It was just like a group of us. Um, also QA people, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh so we had access to photoshop and it the the kind of like that month it was fantasy setting and putting people's faces into things right so like um one of them i just did everybody as different mythical types of centaur nice i was so i was so proud so of like it. different it looks... different centaur animals and stuff uh, that... so oh, no. different horse types but okay. this is this is what i very quickly found out you are hard pressed when you search centaur to ever find anything that isn't just the most muscular man mixed with the most muscular horse. <laughs> so yeah, for yeah. a very long time, Google image search with, or Google ad AdSense was really just picking up on that for me. For lo- you were looking for like fat centaurs or something? No, I was. <laughs> look, I'm just saying that when I type in centaur, it's like there's no just like normal shaped human bodies. Like, which, which really, when you put someone's face on a super muscular version, it really starts to look like, I don't know, like like a weird, crazy person's fantasy. Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> Muscle me up, buddy. Keep my head the same. That's the moneymaker. Um, anyway, Fox. Oh, so, God. yeah, so, so the archer's also a centaur or an abios or hobby horse. And we learn about what I think is a kind of a cool Celtic custom where a dude with a table on his head chases maidens around as part of May Day celebrations and they like uh, sing songs at him and stuff like that. I like that this table thing. That's a look for, for a convention for sure. <laughs> with just like a weird mask. I, yeah. I like how you have to like sexy it up in order to like trick it into getting oh, close yeah. to you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this seems cool to me not to nest. Uh, but suddenly the actual <laughs> Abios appears. It's a centaur. So that means that it's 100% mask, 100% table and tablecloth, and like 10% <laughs> horse hooves. That's the math for it, I think. It's fucking fantastic. Finally, this one's a murder quest. Slain's got to kill that os. Oh, but it's, it's real fast, and Slain can't catch up to it. And he's getting annoyed. Uh, Slane asks some, ne- or some nearby te- temple attendants to help, and they are not allowed to interfere. Luckily, the reflection on the ground in the sky helps them out to find it, and Slane gets an idea. They're going to use a maiden, a.k.a. Nest, to encourage it to show up. After she does some pagan dancing, the Oss arrives and snuggles up to Nest. Aw, she likes him! At least until she removes the mask of the Abios, and it's a unicorn. Which in this universe, I guess, is real bad. They're real. I love the face of this unicorn. It just looks so, like, um, crazy and murderous. It's got sharp teeth and, like, terrifying eyes and stuff. It's real awesome. And then I like they unicorns do the- as evil, man. Yeah. And they do this great thing where, where, uh, where like, Ness's voice is, like, is, you can really kind of taste the fear in her word bubbles as she says, like, like kill it, Slain. Kill it before it wakes up. Like, she's real freaked out. And Slain <laughs> sneaks up and cuts that thing's head off. Oh, yeah. Boom. 
it's like murdered uh, that and and Ucko gets real into the fact of that he's gonna get a silver horn out of the deal. yeah the horn's made of silver but before Ucko can steal it a couple more unicorns arrive for revenge and we gotta get out of here oh fuck team soon arrives at the great mound of the temple Glastonbury Glastonbury Tor or Care City the castle of the stars Next episode, which I guess is immediately after this, it is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, age of Aquarius. When the moon is in the seventh prog, <laughs> Jupiter aligns with Tharg. Anyway, that's um, beautiful. That was slain, really well done. Slain's in the front of the comic now as things get crazy. Our hero makes his way into a labyrinth leading it deep inside Glastonbury Tor as a procession of beings, living embodiments of the Zodiac, arrive at the standing stones within the mound. Slain feels the power of the earth within there and uh, sees the giant constellations of the Zodiac in the, like, projected on the mound above, I guess. So, like, like he's in this hollow area. Yeah, he gets this whole, like, you know the face, right? The sexy with circles kind of, it feels so Japanese. It's like... Mm. Oh, so, so beautiful <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking slain. Also, yeah. uh, like, I, this isn't weird. It is a little weird, but one of them's a hermaphrodite. Yeah, yeah. He's visited by, by I, I, I guess there's all ten druids, but, but, but we really see three of them. Uh, one represents Taurus as a bull guy. Phoenix is a bird guy. And a Virg, or, or sorry, Taurus, yeah. Uh, there's a minotaur, a bird man, and an intersex person that's got, like, beards and breasts and stuff. Uh, the story calls them a she-male. That's not the preferred nomenclature, for sure. Mm. Um, and they present the unity and sort of... And, they sort of represent the unity of the Earth Mother and, and the Sun Father here in Glastonbury. Okay, then. Yeah, we get a reference to previous times Earth Power has saved Slain, like back in the Sky Chariots when stuff happened and Slain was preserved. Um, Slain is also visited by Gwyn, the Pale One, son of the Turner of the Solar Wheel. He's a big Titan guy, and he challenges Slain to the final test tonight. Which... Yeah, go ahead. Which I guess is just cut off my head, but then yep. I get to kill you at some, like, the next night? Yeah, yeah. Tonight, Slain will cut off Gwyn's head, and tomorrow, he'll cut off Slain's head. Ah, but Gwyn can survive doing that, and Slain can't. Oh, well, buddy, that's the quest. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess but it's I mean, time to cut some heads and drink some yeah. blood. Yeah, but I mean, this is a very, like, kind of Celtic, like, mythology kind of quest. Like, I think there's this that, that, that uh, King Arthur story of the green knight where one of those guys like cut, like cuts off a green knight's head and he's like, I'll be back for you in a year. And then kind of does. And it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Like this has precedent. That's what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> um, it's just the Supreme court. Yeah. The Virgo. Yeah, kind Druid, of. Kind of. Supreme court is slain. The Virgo Druid casts a spell over this goblet and summons forth an awesome Phoenix of fire that flies around and illuminates the skull circle, then dies and goes out as the sun rises through the standing stones, the dawning of the age of Aquarius. The celestial symphony. Yeah. Aquarius, of course, is the water creature and so it, or the water carrier. And so it promptly starts to rain. There's just one test left getting Slane's head cut off. And then 
What are the spoils of Anun? God damn it, I want to know. Is it Jews? <laughs> Precious Sapphires? Um, it seems we've got the answer, but what is the question with your Douglas Adams ass? Next time, the final test in the castle of the Fisher King. All right, then. This was awesome. Yeah. It continues cool to be awesome. He's on like a regular ass quest. Yeah, full quest. Got some vision questing stuff going on here, getting kind of trippy. It's awesome. Excellent stuff. Real fun. Yeah, and there's no plukes. No plukes. Just, you know, whatever. Going to a place and just telling you how to do it, and then you do it. And, like, it's very, like, kind of a video game quest, honestly. Like, you know. <laughs> Not that None it's of bad them have thing, had to be escorted so, so far, so that's pretty good. That's true. Oh, man. I hate escort quests, bro. Yeah. And speaking of uh, bad guys escorting people, Fox, we <sighs> go to Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. Ooh, okay. I thought it was... Yeah, all right. Never mind. Yeah. This I'm excited for. Yeah. Uh, script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant. Art robot John Higgins and Ian Gibson. Letting robot Tom Frame. Last time on Judge Dredd, uh, regular <laughs> citizen Robert Westcream was kidnapped by the Phantom of the Shopera, an insane robot living in the rafters high above a huge shopping plaza. Luckily, Judge Dredd is on the case. Oh, man. We, I love his giant red cape. Definitely. Yeah, we see quickly that Robert is not down with the advances of the Phantom, <laughs> and he's quick to call out to Dredd when the judge arrives. Uh, man, you know, not all of us can just score a robot without any fucking effort you know it's true yeah, yeah. Really just not all of us are so quick to pass off the affections of a uh insane shopping mall robot <laughs> i after for one a... welcome our new robot overlords always after a warning shot dread follows the phantom into the rafters and eventually to the roof of the mall there the phantom prepares to leap to its death with robert and asks for one final kiss <gasps> As the robot goes to jump, Dread surfaces and shoots the arm off the Phantom, sending it falling to its death. Robert, Afterward, I love you. <laughs> Crump. Afterwards, Robert is safe but freaked out. What made the Phantom fall in love with me? Beats me, says Dread. You're nothing special, and that's the end. That's, that's so fucking fantastic. <laughs> like sometimes these robots just get into dudes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just he he really just does not give a fucking singular shit. He's like, why ask, don't talk to me? He's got paperwork to do, man. Come on. Oh, <laughs> now especially. I mean, can you imagine writing up shopping mall robot phantom? Like it's that's bad. not fun. You got to get special forms. Yeah, those are probably part yeah. of the part of the robot amuck um, section of the uh, of, of the penal oh, system. Oh my god! And there are so many robots amuck as well. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta have it's it's gotta have its own forms, you know. Like, what was the nature of your robot situation? Oh my god, it's under it's under theft, but it's human theft. But you have to, but you have to start, of course, with like because it's not an alien and it's not a mutant and it's it's robot related, and then you go into robot theft, robot theft, human. Well, no, uh, and theft, theft, life form, then theft, human. Oh, that's right. So theft, life form. Because it could steal, like, aliens or, like, dogs or something. You know, if you weird. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could steal all <laughs> sorts of stuff if you were a crazy robot. And then the fact that it wasn't even apprehended. I mean, that's, like, a whole fucking thing in and of itself, right? Because, we gotta like, spend you some more start time. with it died yeah. first, then? We gotta spend more time, like, like making up Mega City One forms. But anyway, next story. Uh, Ian Gibson's on art here at Fox. Um, a lady judge with blue hair is on patrol as a... Uh, 
a crabbed hand writes, uh, uh, or writes about a conjunction of the stars and how they will soon have to leave their mortal shell. Uh. The judge is hit in the neck with a dart from some, um, w- with a dart of some kind, and is knocked out. And a pair of robots push her bikes into a nearby chem pit and kidnap her. Living theft. Human. Yeah. It's happening again by robots. Ah! Um, <laughs> but but listen, fo- listen. When you're listing life forms, Fox. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for there to be humans, but it's something else when it's a judge. Oh, my God. Like, that's just special <laughs> yeah. crimes right there. Yeah. Uh, judge Selena Trace is missing, and Dredd is on the case. They find her bike half-eaten away, and they follow the tracks of her robot assailants to a hover pod-like uh, landing site. But why? There's a million I, I reasons. Love, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I love the detective work they actually do for this. It's just... Which they don't usually do. So I'm guessing it's to fill no. some pages a little bit. But it's like, hey, also, notice something about these footprints? Yeah, robot. And look, this is probably where her head went boom. And then they carried her away this way. And it's like, ah, but I could it stops al- yeah. here. And but I could also cool. see them like not being like, oh, it's just another freaky thing happening in, in, in Mega City 1 when it's a judge versus when it's just sort of some citizen. You know what I mean? That's true. So they're they're getting it in their extra detective I mean, you know, it just makes it serious, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we cut to the Tomb of the Ancients, where an old man in a wheelchair with robot assistance takes the body of Judge Trace into a massive room with giant judge sarcophagi and a whole lot of cockroach imagery. I love this uh, this tomb, by the way. It looks really awesome. Great Gibson stuff here. I love the I love the judge sarcophagi especially. They just look definitely so awesome. Yeah. Trace starts to come too as she's stuffed into one of them. What are you crazy? Yep. <laughs> and just yeah. So we see an aged old man, old man when he's got thoughts of monsters, evil and cockroaches in his mind. Uh, and he has learned of a being called Jose or possibly Steve has created the universe and now guides him in infernal work. But time is short. He must prepare. He That's sends. Yeah, it's, so it's crazy. Fantastic. Good insanity, you know. Yeah. Yep. He, he sends out robots to gather guardians, namely judges, to stock his tomb. And it looks like Judge Trace has been in that sarcophagus for a while and has been screaming the whole time. Those screams <sighs> re- like mentally reach our old pal Judge Anderson. And she calls Dread, who's mid-gunfight, and says they got to go find Trace. And I am, I am absolutely loving how Gibson draws uh, Anderson. Yeah, he draws time. a good Anderson, for sure. Yes, very like... She, she, she has much bigger hair, I think, than, mm-hmm. than other versions of it. Um, meanwhile, two other judges are are missing. Um, they report like you know their bodies are reported in, and their bodies are then put in the tombs by old man Wen. With the guardian secured, the old man is placed in his own tomb, given a demon cockroach top hat, and prepares <laughs> to die as he finishes writing in his journal. Soon he'll meet Jose. Or is it Steve? Meanwhile, Dredd and Anderson are trying to get a trace on trace when suddenly there's a huge building explosion. I think we know where we're going. (laughs) (laughs) Just, uh, I think it's right over there. Let's get caught in this this blast wave, mount up, and then start trying to find our way there. It's probably next door to that explosion. Anyway, massive Mm. explosion. We gotta go. Dredd calls for backup as Anderson tries to find Trace and senses the dying old man when as well. Dredd shoots his way in and soon the judges are heading into a bomb shelter under the building. Anderson's getting the sense, the sense of an insect 
maybe named, named Jose or possibly Steve. They come upon the dying Wen in his tomb, and one of the judges is pulled from a sarcophagus, which calls out the robots because they're fighting tomb robbers. Um, it shoots one of the judges, but Dredd takes it out pretty easily. Trace is also pulled from the sarcophagus, but sadly, the time she spent inside there has driven her mad. And she's just coming out screaming, which really does not help when when you're just trying to rescue somebody. I imagine you get kind of a headache. Absolutely, yeah. It really reminds me of this one Doctor Strange story where they uh, they say where um, Doctor Strange was saved from being caught in the astral plane. They also pulled this other lady out, and she was had been driven mad by the demons, and so they like it was just like Doctor Strange and like uh, name and name war and the Incredible Hulk shaking hands and just a lady going like ah. <laughs> In, That's like, the fantastic. background. Crazy stuff. Defenders 1. Check it out. But anyway. Um, cool. Um, so, yeah. So, Trace is uh, in – or um, so they've got Wen, and he's sort of dying and, like, talks to Dredd and says, like uh, – he says, why, Jose, why? And Dredd says, shut up. I'll ask the answers, creep. Of, of course, I see so clearly. Thank you, Jose. And then he dies. Or should I say Steve? And he dies again. Um, <laughs> The judges reflect on Wen's insanity. I guess someone up there liked him because he went so he was able to do so much without getting caught. Maybe it was Jose or Steve. You know, all's well that ends well, though. I guess. Um, <laughs> sadly, Trace is incurably insane, so eventually her body's designated oh. as transplant, and Judge Thomas Harry or Tomas Harry is able to patrol the streets in a cool new body. The cool new lady body. I love that they had to stick in this epilogue where they're like, oh, and, and they, we just used her body, took out her brain. I'm like, that is fantastic. <laughs> that I mean, is we so saw. Totally. I mean, we saw like uh, involuntary body transplants, I think, mm-hmm. an episode or two ago, right? So now they're doing it for good yeah, to, exactly. keep it, to keep a judge on the street when his brain's destroyed, but the soul still burns for justice, you know? Well, oh, that's. Wow. So poetic. Doing my for best. This, for this, like, removing someone's brain because they went crazy. I gotta say, I really like this story. I really liked Ian Gibson's art for it. And I just, mm-hmm. the, uh, the constant Jose or Steve stuff, I thought was really funny. I couldn't, I, I spent, like, a little bit of time looking and couldn't figure out if it's a reference. Someone please tell me on Twitter or something if this is a reference to something. It's probably more Faulty Towers stuff, which I never get. I gotta watch that eventually. Um, <laughs> anyway... I mean, Speaking I guess of, if they ever make like a reference to Last of the Summer Wine, I'm gonna get that. But I like I don't. I, I think they did once. A lot of British TV. Yeah, yeah, they have. They've the last of the summer judges or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, speaking of uh, getting to it eventually, Fox, it's non thrills, covers, and nerve center. Woo. Prog four ninety five games up. Phantom dread hits the roof in a John Higgins cover. In the Nerve Center, Tharg teases us about the return of Rogue Trooper and other future war news that the com- that the story Bad Company is coming soon. I can't wait. Awesome. Yeah, we learned that Dread's dark secret is that he's being driven by a tiny Tharg in the top of his head. And there's a picture of Rogue Trooper Ugh. from a ZX Spectrum. But most of the Nerve Center, and we're starting to see this, this is sort of, I feel like when we get to the end of the year, we start getting these tiny Nerve Centers just to maximize advertising revenue as we get to the end of the year or something, or just to try, mm. try to sell more things. Because this time, most of the Nerve Center is taken up by an ad for Judge Dredd pajamas and dressing gowns. All right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like you got to sell your stuff somehow, I guess. Always, yeah. Um, the prog ends with a full color with, with with more full color ads for Transformers. This with the arrival of Hot Rod, the future Rodimus Prime. We're really starting to get these uh, Transformers, the movie toys, starting to come through. Mm. 
Uh, 496, Cliff Robinson draws uh, Dredd standing in front of the Statue of Liberty, uh, copying its style. Yeah, it's good. Give me your perps, your muties, your psychos. (laughs) I will give, and I will let them, uh, whatever, what, upon the golden ISO cube? I I forget it exactly. Um, In the Nerf Center, there's ads for two-player fantasy game books called Duel Master, which seems seems kind of interesting, just like fighting fantasy, but like with with a buddy. Um, Like when you only have two people. Challenge of the Magi and Blood Valley. Yeah. Oh, Blood Valley sounds nice. Starting down right? <laughs> um, oh but, my god. But I think it's like when you when you, when you really want to play D anD D, but you only have two people like that. You know, you need one more person to even start playing D anD D. Really. Um, oh man, yeah, that is kind of rough. Yeah. T- Tharg tells 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 about a new strong team dog story starting, and he's generally just kind of directing traffic for, for Prog Five Hundred here. Um, when a lot of things are going to start. We also learn why judges are never late for duty. It's because they got cuckoo clocks in their helmets. Drock a doodle doo. Oh my God. That would be so obnoxious. <laughs> totally. Plus, it's got to take up a lot of head real estate, just generally. Um, mm. 497, bored, depressed, doing time. Join this awesome Kev O'Neill cyber mutant and escape into the future. This is pretty great, man. Yeah, I man. love just how like open a lot of his weird skin is. Imparts. Definitely. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, he's buff as hell. He's got a sweet cyber arm and foot. Real cool. I wonder uh, if those are just the stickers that he got in like Prague 2. Got those and they just bio- never came off. Biomechanical stickers. And they could, I mean, from what I've read, it was actually really hard to get them off. Like like moms called in to complain about the stickers sticking on their kids. Exactly. Um, the nerve center isn't until after Rogue in this um, in, in this issue, and it's a short one. Mm-hmm. This one announces the coming end of sooner or later, and a signing by Alan Moore and Ian Gibson of the new Halo Jones collection and Dr. Dr. and Quinch collections. Um, there's also a pretty cool full page ad for Labyrinth in this uh, in this prog. Oh God, it's such a great. We're just in in real peak movie nostalgia right right in this moment for me at least. I'm sure it's different for other people, but for uh, you know, born in 1980 Conrad, this is real like whoa <laughs> like Ludo it's the you friend <laughs> the bog of eternal stench that's dance, when i think Ucko. <laughs> when i think Ucko, that's who i think of nice it's, um yeah <laughs> like just that voice so perfect definitely prog 498 watch out there's a perp about or sorry a perp about um robin smith <laughs> draws a cover with dread catching a dirty vowel thief he Stole the old one about. <laughs> yeah, you gotta buy that. It's extra. Yeah, you, yeah, you gotta talk to that guy with the coat on Sesame Street. I should like oh, to I was, buy an O. Oh my god. <laughs> Mid Prague is a four page. Oh, but also buy a vow from Wheel of Fortune, of course, $250 yeah. each. Um, there's a. Um, <laughs> Mid Prog is a four-page ad for this year's annuals. Ask for them for Christmas, please. There is another uh, Dan Dare annual, but this time it's for the Eagle Dan Dare, not the 2000 AD Dan Dare. So I'll leave mm. that to where Eagles Dare if they want to do that. I don't know. Um, I'm very interested in the Gummy Bears annual, Fox, because I watched that show again. Just peak nostalgia here. I watched that when I was a kid, and now I have the theme oh, song man. stuck in my head. So it's real, real Bouncing bad stuff. here and there and everywhere. everywhere. A lot yeah. of singing this episode, buddy. Uh, so <laughs> it's good. Wonderful. It's fine. I'm, I'm with it. Uh, the Nerve Center, isn't again, isn't until late in the comic, and it's just more traffic direction as we slowly approach Prague 500. Ooh, I'm so keen. Yeah, and speaking of things that I'm pretty keen for, Fox, it's 
304 Strontium Dog. Oh god, it's just so good. I I was worried because, you know, 496 it stops and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm mm. going to have to face like two additional progs without it." Nope, immediately no. start a story. Yeah, we're front loading these ones. Uh script about Alan Grant and John Wagner's Alan Grant, art about Carlos Escare, learning about Gordon Robson. So, incident on Mager Minor. Mutant bounty hunter Johnny Alpha has just left the farm of the Froggett family after having helped them against the evil Goober clan and uh, assorted, uh, you know, henchmen and stuff. He's heading out, going to the spaceport and getting on a ship. The Goobers, confirming that Johnny is gone, plan to get vengeance on the Froggettes, and soon their Mork mounts are bearing down on the family. Do you think this is going to end well for the Goobers? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, Ma and Scroggy Froggett are disarmed at the mercy of the Goobers. She threatens them that when Johnny Alpha hears about this, they'll be in trouble. But Cy Goober ain't concerned about that. Punches her right in the face. Which, I mean, punching a lady. Like, where are your manners, man? This. I know you're you're trying to, like, rustle them out of them, their land, but... And you're just pure them. evil and stuff. Yeah. Um, and this fox is a bad move as suddenly a door is kicked open and by God, it's Johnny Alpha. I like, I like the text where they're like, oh, Snick. It's like the small possible text. Duh, Snick. This is Snack and end well. But they saw Johnny. Yeah, they saw Johnny get on that sh- on that shuttle. Yeah, I did. But then I got off on its first stop at the capital city because I knew I can't trust you, gro- you goobers, you idiots. Cy tries to reason with Johnny, but this is the new post-rage Johnny Alpha. You know, he said he'd kill yeah. Cy. And he just basically just shoots him right in the chest right there. He's fucking and dead. then it kills his children. <laughs> In a page of extreme violence, Johnny blasts all the top members of the Goober gang, and the rest quickly beg off, promising never to come back. <laughs> and Just, take the corpses. He specifically says, take the bodies, leave, yeah. don't come back. And they're like, no problem. We yes, sir, here. Mr. Alpha, please don't kill us, too. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny helps Ma and Scroggy with their wounds and uh, says he made a promise, but now that promise is fulfilled. Sure, he cares for the Froggettes, but he's got to be on his way. Ma tells, uh, t- sends Scroggy to his room and does definitely offer Johnny a place to settle down, if you know what I mean. But he ain't the settling kind. And, you know, like, see, you know, he, he's not just like, it's because you look like a frog. Because she's pretty cute. For being a frog. Yeah, I feel but like no, man. Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got rage still latent in his veins. Got to get this rage yeah. out. Can't be around normal folks. Yeah, man. I feel like Johnny sort of spent his whole life among the mutant community. I feel like he's he almost certainly is a different standard of beauty than the average person. Oh my god! Right, and like he's one. one of the ones that came out of it like pretty much unscathed. Oh yeah, no, he's top top handsome mutant, I think. But anyway, <laughs> new story: War Zone. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, a drop plane so, flies over a planet, drawn flak, and Johnny Alpha and Midden Face McNulty make a jump and sweet anti-grab parachutes. I'm so excited that this turned into a Creeler hunt. Yeah, it's just full-on Predator as they roll in, you know. It's <laughs> oh, so great. But they're the Predator. Oh, yeah. Anti-aircraft guns fire and the pair land hard in the nearby brush. Troops approach and they're quickly taken out by the Strauss just immediately. <laughs> 
They show the alien troops some photos. They're looking for human mercenaries. And after some light torture and alpha vision, they get their info. It looks like this is Middenface's job. He's on the trail of someone called the Butcher, and they're on the move. So great. Yeah, we see a bunch of of, uh, mercenaries camped out in the jungle, and they get word that some strong team dogs are after them. Their boss, Davies, orders double guards and puts the camp on alert. Later that night, halt, who goes there? Oh, it's just me, so it is. Middenface McNulty! Bam! Uh, yeah, they're assassins creating their way through this camp um, until oh, wow. Middenface, and, uh, Middenface identifies one of the guards on their body. They know they're in the right place because he's wearing a, a Creeler ring, which were, of course, the anti-mutant security forces of uh, Johnny's father. Mm-hmm. The letter he got was right! And they flash back to the doghouse when Middenface McNulty got a letter saying that that a Davy Bird, a Creeler captain, the butcher of Beersden, has been spotted on the planet M17. Middenface is heading out to uh, out for revenge, and after after that big ad for the Fleetway Annuals, Johnny agrees to come with Middenface, and he's financing <laughs> the operation as well. Well, I say, why not? Yeah. A week later, the uh, the pair are headed to are, are heading into the camp when you know they're still Assassin's Creeding their way, and just like when I play Assassin's Creed, Middenface hits a trap and uh, triggers just you know he triggers a, a cool Rambo trap, and, and now they got to start fighting all these bad guys instead of sneaking around on them. Which I am a okay with because a number four cartridge comes out and then explodes. All yeah. <laughs> They've lost the element of surprise, so now it's time to fight. But they've Next time. gained the element of explosives. That's oh, I'm right. So happy. Next time, Butcher Bird. Oh, it's fantastic. I just yeah. I love Strontium Dogs so much, man. Just some real fun, like guys sneaking around and killing guys, and then I I love whenever there's connections to sort of the big backstory of uh, right of Strontium Dog and just sort of settling more because I mean. Presumably, there are a bunch of guys that you know. There were a, like I, as I recall from the collection um, I did recently, like like thirty five thousand people died in the course of uh, Creelers or Creelmans, uh-huh. like um, you know, of of his leadership. So there per, there are a bunch of like you know lesser war criminals out there. Certainly, you know, like yeah, they're exactly. literally putting mutants on trains to be gassed. So there's got to be some bad dudes in there, you know, for sure. I well, I've always like Strong Team Dog has always had a very good like connection with like it's not every single one but it does generally keep that through line really yeah. well you know yeah it definitely I, has I has has so much more much. of a backstory and a, his, and a shared history for sure yeah definitely yeah always fun to see strontium dog and things that were maybe less stoked about fox it's oh. thrill five ace trucking go <sighs> this is it well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so script- you sound so positive I'm stoked. Uh, uh, script about Alan Grant and John Wagner's Grant Grover. Art about Massimo Bellardinelli. Letting her about Tony Jacob. So, okay, Fox, there's two ace garps and the ship's mechanic feek. They're on the trail of a treasure on Earth in the state of Moviola. They've now run afoul of a giant King Kong robot. The aces have climbed into its brain, but feek got caught in the beast's nose and been picked out. Kong goes to dig even further into its nose when it hits some circuitry deep in its head and shorts itself out. And that's why you don't pick your nose. And it's a crab up there that's going to bite your finger off. That's what I learned. Um, or no, turtle. Um, anyway. <laughs> what? 
I, I, you know, I got, I got like weird, weird Italian grandparents. I don't know. Um, That's fantastic. The boys find themselves in another haunted house full of ghosts and a dead guy with an axe in his head. When suddenly they get a phone call with a thing from the Adams family helping, or Thang from the Adams family helping. It's evil guts. He's on the way after them and will be there soon. The boys hang out. Uh, the boys hang up on guts and make their way into the mansion, crashing through the stairs, but finding a spot marked with an X. They start digging and find a box, but um, after a cool Transformers ad, this one with a big ass Ultra Magnus and Galvatron <laughs> ones in there. Sorry again, I just like these ones. They they find freaking Dracula. Luckily, they quickly stake him and just keep digging, eventually falling through the floor into a cavern full of fabulous riches, including a dope Ballardinelli bust. Does that mean... So, like, all of these people are people who have gone crazy and believe that they're in these movies, so they just literally yes. murdered a guy. Yeah. I mean, I think they've murdered... They've killed a couple people in the course of this story. Like, in oh, the yeah. in, in, in the war place, maybe? But also, you know... I'm don't just be saying, big. it's not a real Dracula. It's kind of a real Dracula. I mean, that well, I th- mean, there's a real Wolfman earlier. Earlier, like this is the place with the reality bomb that caused this whole situation. It's oh, like ground yeah. zero for it, so it really messed with reality here. Hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> the boys celebrate their riches Scrooge McDuck style, but on closer inspection, it's all fake. It's just movie props and stuff. Great. So it was all just bullshit. Yep. Luckily, Evil Guts is there. Of course, the whole thing was fake. Just a way to lure the Garps here so that Guts could get a suitable form of revenge on them. In this case, it's the sexy murder organ from Barbarella. He couldn't have just, like, stolen it and brought it somewhere. It's real big. It's got, like, pipes and stuff. It's, It's much bigger and actually looks way different than the sexy murder organ in the actual movie Barbarella, which looked more like like kind of a coffin with, like, raising and lowering hammer kind of things, you know? Um, anyway... Worth a look, anyway. If you look up like a sex organ and Barbarella, you'll find you'll find the oh, clip. Oh my god! <laughs> Jane Fonda stuff, whatever. Um, anyway, uh, Gut starts playing music on the organ, and the sound slowly or maybe quickly, because he gets into fortissimo, kills the Garps. I mean, in the movie, all it really did was kind of bring Jane Fonda to orgasm. But who's to say how alien biology <laughs> is affected by this uh, by this sex organ? Sex <laughs> organ. It's funny. Anyway. Uh, finally, GBH has arrived on the scene as the boys are being killed. He pounds down Frankenstein's head, makes his way to the haunted house, easily defeating everything that comes into his pass into his path. He soon arrives and easily kicks the shit out of evil Guts, like super easily. Anyway, Guts is then tossed into the organ <laughs> and okay. gets mucho fortissimo. <laughs> he swears revenge and Feek and GBH have had enough of this shit. They're taking Ace One right back to that spaceship dealership where this story started, and it's heading back to his own reality right frickin' now. The end of Ace Trucking! So, uh, it's called an Orgasmatron, which yeah. is, an, is a fictional uh, electromechanical device that appears in the 1973 movie Sleeper, but similar devices have shown up in other fictional works. Specifically, they cite Barbarella. From yeah. 1964, where it is called the excessive machine. That's right. Um, it's a whole thing. Sex or oh, it's whoa! This is interesting. Okay, so by properly manipulating the keys, the operator may induce great sexual pleasure in the victim, sufficient to cause death by orgasm. Finally, finally. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ace is Ace is over with. It's done now. Death by orgasm, my favorite dessert. But anyway, yeah. So, um, oh my. 
<laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the end of Ace Trucking Fox. Um, we'll see. We'll, th- th- there'll be a wrap-up story showing Ace One's return to his own dimension in the 1989-2080 annual, which is in 1988, so quite a, wa- a ways from here. And Ace has cameos in the usual places, like in part in, in a book three of Armored Gideon and Prog 1280 and stuff like that. And there was even a, a brief revival, actually, of Ace and a couple sources in the uh, 2016 and 2017, like end of the year holiday progs in uh, in like modern 2000 AD, like like a year mm. or two ago. Um, Bellardinelli will be back in Prague 510 for the ridiculous Peter Milligan story, The Dead, which is going to have a bunch of uh, future murder monsters. It's going to be real confusing. That's my promise to you. Okay. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm into confusing. I am very sad that Ace ends this way. Me too. You know? I feel like there's money on the table left for Ace. Like, mm-hmm. the one thing I'd re- I would really have loved to see from Ace is just more backstory about GBH. Like, yeah. I wish we had, we had gone back to his home planet. I want to meet his mom. I want to, like, just see what's going on with all that. Like, we kind of get some information that GBH says he's dead and that Ace found him sort of lying on like a uh, on like a planikin um, on some random planet and stuff. But I would mm-hmm. like to know more about that situation and kind of what's going on with this character and stuff. I, yeah, why I like he's not lot. allowed to go back to his tribe and stuff and like that. We got Ace's backstory for God's sake. They don't a want a little him there. bit. I mean, yeah, we definitely saw his planet at least once. But yeah, I'd like to know like what it means that he considers himself dead and stuff. I don't know. Like that that feels like it was not picked up on, which is which is sad. But what's to be done? Yes. Yeah. Explore it, like with some fucking writing integrity. Anyway, ah, eh, you know, hey, that's for us to do. We'll write our fan fiction <gasps> for this. Or something. Oh my god, I am going to write uh, uh, GBH Feek uh, cross fan fiction. Finally, yeah, that's good slash. Anyway, yeah, right. <laughs> Speaking of ridiculous tales from the far future, it's sweet thr- thrill six sooner or later. Uh, hey, it's over. Yeah, scripted by Peter Milligan, art by Brendan McCarthy, letting, um, a.k.a. the malignant car thief, Unt Frambo. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite over, actually. We'll have one more um, sooner or later next episode. Okay. But uh, Swifty Swift, so my, Mickey Swifty Swift has escaped the boardroom of international waste, finds himself waylaid by a piece of gratuitous topicality. He's in what is clearly Parliament, complete with a Thatcher caricature, and everyone here is pretty gross, and suddenly they're attacked by the bonfire knights with a K, and all of Parliament is killed in a violent mass. It really reminds Swifty of his t- of uh, his time in England. Guy Fox Day? Nah, the start of football season. <laughs> 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 Soon afterward, Swifty finds himself in a multi-temporal flyover where he c- climbs aboard a time taxi with some jokes that I'm pretty sure like a- about cabbies in England. Always and boyways, isn't it? And um, heads back to Camden Town, 1986. See you later, talk and fly. Hey, why not? Yeah, Swifty arrives back in Camden Town as a voiceover talks about the people Swifty has met, the adventures he's gone on along the way. The journey is ending, but also the journey... The journey is ending, but also the journey cannot end. The uh, the re- the uh, person saying this asks Swifty his thoughts. It's for his show, Down There Epoch, about historical things and whatever from the future. Swifty says it's all a bunch of purple toss, but the masses will probably love it. Ah, I disagree. Uh, next yeah. time. Next time. Next. You know, it just it has such beautiful art for such a, like, I don't, I, I mean, I know... Yeah. 
every panel is meant to be like a a wink nudge like get it because we're edgy about talking about ourselves i guess Mm -hmm. but man i just it's so over my head yeah but i I can enjoy this this art is fucking beautiful man yeah this that is one thing that cannot be denied this one very much feels like, you know, uh, uh, come for the art, stay for the art, as opposed to anything mm. else, I think. Which is a bummer, but, you know, that's how it goes, I guess. And speaking of how it goes, Fox, oh I have one question for you. What are your top and bottom thrills of this November 1986? Oh, hoogie man. Uh, we're going to start with bottom, which uh, I securely fasten still to Ace Trucking. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you're going you're going down even while you're going down and i hope you get back up eventually and little mac your way to the top but Whoa. right now like mike tyson's just done a one-hit ko and then he kept <laughs> getting up and then he kept falling over and he kept getting up and then falling over it was just Whoa. it needs to sleep yep. and i'm i and rest my sweet prince <laughs> i'll remember fondly when you flew into the sun um for top man, it's it's rough because I really enjoyed Dread this month, mm-hmm. and Slain is out the gate awesome. However, and this is the big caveat when I have so many awesome things to choose from, I go with the one with the most action, and boy oh boy, boy, his <laughs> John Team Dog is just still so good. It's so good. Nice. I like. Yeah. I get to. They're going up against like Creeler forces now. It's like just kill them all kill everything he shot that guy and then shot his kids like, that one picture of him killing the whole goober gang is really awesome like that's a real oh, high point for sure it was so good i just i love love strontium dog i wish that was like just i know judge dread's a staple but this if this was just a staple for like a year and a half <laughs> i would I mean, not St- complain i mean strontium dog is actually gonna become like I know we, we've definitely had times where we've been sort of on and off with Strong Team Dog. But, I mean, honestly, I feel like Strong Team Dog's been pretty steady for 86. You know, we're kind of coming to the end of it oh, now. Sure. And I feel like, you know, we ended 85 with um, with Ragnarok and kind of went straight from there into Rage. And straight from oh. Rage into this. So this has been a pretty solid that's, year of Strong Team Dog. That's pretty true. It's only been and like then, a couple of issues. And then 87 also is going to have a, a, another really big Strong Team Dog story in it as well. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Nothing to bitch about there. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. You'll see. I'm so excited. I mean, I guess just like it's it's just had the top spot for so long. It's like coming, like taking all comers. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's such a great. Yeah, it, it is really great. Cool. So you're so bottom ace, top Strong Team. Nice. My man. Mm. I need to know. I must know. You will tell me right now, and if you don't, I will fight you until you tell me. Oh my so god! So let's not fight. Just tell no. me what were your top and bottom thrills? Oh, that's that's the question. Okay, um, I will join you with Ace Trucking on my bottom. That is not, or as my bottom thrill. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sad. Just like I'm I'm sad to see it go more because I feel like there are like. Like we said, there there are stories that could still be told in there, but they don't want to tell them, and the ones they do want to tell, I don't, I don't like, I haven't liked very much. <laughs> yeah, I I've seen Looney Tunes, and that holds my attention for all of five minutes. You know what I mean? 
Indeed. Um, for my top, I'm going to say Judge Dredd for this episode. Well, that's awesome. Like, I feel like, you know, you've got your strong, you, you've covered the strong team dog bases. I think this big story by Ian Gibson, the, uh, the, the tomb of the judges are really cool mm-hmm. one with like some, like, I didn't, I didn't really do a good job of it, I must say, but, um, especially in the second part of this story with the, uh, with the journal by old man when and stuff just has some good kind of like gothic horror style writing about this like you know big cthulhu type god named jose or possibly steve so it's, it's a, good, a good kind of mixing of creepiness and uh humor that that, that, oh, yeah. that thing's pretty great i mean if if you're reading along with us and you if you skipped out uh for those two issues on on reading uh letterboxes like oh man that shit was that shit was yeah. gold and creepy. Cool. It was like about ghosts like speaking to him constantly, which is yeah. why you didn't know if the name was Jose or Steve, because like <laughs> they, you know, the ghosts in his brain don't really fucking like, yeah, help him out on that one. It's cool stuff for sure. Absolutely awesome. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitch the Google Play Store, Spotify, or a podcast site, SpaceSpinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com, on the 2000 forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at SpaceSpinner2K. Everything else, just look up SpaceSpinner2000 and we should be there. Then, come back next time as Slain wins the spoils of a noon and then starts a new story, Slain the King. We'll also finish our our one future war story and start another as bad company arrives. Dread gets Dread gets mind bending with a witness. Nemesis is back for more Torca <gasps> murder. Yeah, and we'll also discuss the extreme. And, sorry, and we'll also get extremely meta as we learn about Tharg's head revisited. Prague five hundred is here. Oh man, awesome! Yeah, also. How are we going to choose a top three? <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of good choices for sure. Interesting stuff. Super excited for Prog 500. And until then, I'm Connor at He's Fox, and we are Space Bear 2000. Spongebob Spon- 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 Spon-